ache for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise wealth like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. flame not an amber say it's me that you want to dismember uh, blacken my eye set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango at your command before you hello everybody and welcome to the ace lot podcast stands for advice sex love understanding and trust it's also an anti-slut shaming podcast so let your slut flag fly and enjoy. This week we do talk to Eleanor G, somebody who is a cam girl, um, sells fetish clips online, has a pre- has their premium Snapchat, all that sort of thing. It's interesting because I have had sex workers on before, but they have been physical sex workers in person, not through an online medium. So it's really cool to talk to to talk to Eleanor G and sort of learn about how that all works and how she's gone about it, how she got into it, what it's all like, how it affects her sex life and her partner as well, which is really, really interesting. They do sometimes perform together, which was really, really cool to learn and to and to talk about as well. I do have to thank uh, Eleanor again, as this interview was taken on, on quite short notice. I had somebody else lined up, but they unfortunately had some personal issues that they had to deal with. So Eleanor, yeah, it took a total of about two days between me contacting Eleanor and her agreeing to be on the pod. So that was really, really good of her to do that as well. So again, thank you very much. I also want to talk about something quite serious to start off this podcast. Um, I know I've been a little bit serious in general recently but i feel as though this is one that sort of needs to be needs to be done due to um what's happened with me over the last couple of days so first of all you notice that this is out a week uh, a day later than usual i usually have um usually have it out on a friday it's going to be saturday from now on i've gotten a new job which does not allow me to be available fridays to upload it so it's going to be on a Saturday, probably around midday as well, as it was on the Friday. But there you go. That's the first notice. The next one is that is is where I get really quite serious. Um, my my flatmate um, on Thursday, so a couple of days ago. Um, became suicidal um, and kind of attempted suicide by slicing up their wrists with a knife both vertically and horizontally. Um, I was asleep. It happened in my lounge, in my, you know, living room. And um, she woke me up saying that she needed help at about one o'clock in the morning. Um, in my in my sleep, I didn't realize what had happened initially until she showed me her arms, and I got really quite concerned, as you do. I walked out. There was a, a puddle of blood uh, all through my lounge, and and alcohol was was involved as well. This was a, a terrifying thing, and also reminded me of the dark spots that I'd been in in the past as well. Um, I knew she wasn't herself for the last few days, but and I had tried to talk to her, but sometimes the other person doesn't want to talk, and it's very difficult to, to get through that. I ended up taking her to the hospital um, because the ambulance had been over oh, about an hour and still hadn't been dispatched. It was sort of still on on the job screen, for lack of a better term. Um, so I drove her down myself, 
and I sat with her there for a few hours and then had to come back and and mop up the blood. I didn't want to see I didn't want her to see it again after when she got back um from from the hospital. Uh it's it's a hell of an experience, I tell you. Um and all, all I really want to say is that if if something's not going right or you you know you're feeling suicidal, there's a lot of different sources that you can turn to. You can turn to friends, you can turn to family, you can turn to Lifeline. There's a few other free counselling services in New Zealand, especially. There, there's there's a few. Um, yeah please reach out and if you noticed those changes within somebody as well could be anything really if, you, if I'm being honest just somebody who's not quite acting the same as they usually would um, reach out to them try and help them take them out for coffee do whatever you can I guess um, because it's a terrifying thing when somebody that you that you care about is going through such things and it's not always easy let's be honest it's not but we can try and help we can try and help so yeah that that's the other reason that today's episode is a wee bit later is I've just had to sort of gain my senses back after that happening and 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 look after myself so yeah, that's that. Um, let's move on to something uh, a little more positive. I had some really good feedback about the Q&A episode last week. Um, so that was really awesome. Thank you to those who put in the questions. And uh, that was that was really, really cool to, to hear from you guys and, and sort of give that advice as well. So that was, yeah, really, really cool. Thank you for that. Um, if you do, uh, I am going to be running some more of those. And... If I get enough, I'd like to do a sort of a Q&A at the start of each episode, which would be really, really cool as well. So if you want to if you wanna do that, if you want to send in questions or whatnot, you can do it on Twitter at the ASLUP Podcast, Instagram at the, at the ASLUP Podcast, uh, Facebook as well at the ASLUP Podcast, um, and you can email me as well at the ASLUP Podcast at gmail.com. I'd be more than more than happy to um to receive your emails from there as well and and talk to you through that. Um yeah, so without further ado, we'll we'll move on to some on to some more fun sexy things with the lovely amazing um Eleanor G. Like I said, she's a cam girl. She's a fetish clip seller. Um, she has a Snapchat thing. All of her things are at the end of the episode. I'll try and remember to link them into the into the show notes as well. But thank you for for joining me today. And please do enjoy this interview with the silence. Sometimes quiet is violent. I find it hard to hide it. My pride is no longer inside. It's on my sleeve. My skin will scream, reminding me of who I killed inside my dream. I hate this car that I'm driving. There's no hiding for me. I'm forced to deal with what I feel. There is no distraction to mask what is real. I could pull the steering wheel. I have these thoughts so often I ought to replace that slot with what I once bought. Cause somebody stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence. Something terrifying, cause this time there's no sound to hide behind. To find over the course of a human existence, one thing consists of consistence, and it's that we're all battling fear. Oh dear, I don't know if we know why we're here. Oh my, too deep, please stop thinking. I liked it better when my car had sound. There are things we can do, but from the things that work, there are only two, and from the two that we choose to do. Peace. 
Okay, so welcome to the show now, Eleanor G. How are you, Eleanor? I'm doing super well, thank you for asking. How are you doing today? Very well indeed. Now, people are going to be a little bit confused because you currently live in Australia, but you're not Australian. You're no, Canadian, I'm not. Right? Yes. Cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to start this with just that straight off the bat but tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do and what your story is yeah sure so um, my name's Eleanor Eleanor G um, I'm a cam model and a fetish clip producer and a snapchat model too I suppose I'm just a general online sexy person <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been doing it for uh, we just passed my two-year anniversary. Cool. So it's been yeah. it's been a little while. Um, so did you start doing that in Canada, or did you start doing that in Australia? Um, I started it probably the week before I left Canada, and then <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and then it just moved with me here. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's pretty pretty decent timing to to leave the homeland just as you start doing this. Yeah, well, I, I sort of did it purposefully. Um, I quit my previous job in the city I was living in mm-hmm. uh, with just enough time to like dip my toes into the camming to see if it would work for me. Mm-hmm. And when I did pretty decently in the first week, I was like, cool, I guess this is my job when I moved to Australia, and it has been. <laughs> that, that's kind of awesome. Um, so... What what made you want to get into it? What um what was the catalyst to go? Hey, this is something I think that I could that I could do and that I could try. What was yeah? How'd that happen? Talk us through that process. Um. Well, before I was uh, just before I started university, I was seeing a girl who was a cam model, mm-hmm. um, and I just saw like the freedom that she had, and she specifically did dom work online, so she mm-hmm. would just like yell at people for money and be rude to them for money and I was like I I can be rude to people (laughs) Um, I think that's every retail worker's dream isn't it it really is (laughs) um uh, yeah I just saw her doing it and she had a lot of freedom and um she was she was enjoying herself yeah she was rocking it and I was like cool I want to do that but then I was sort of like persuaded like against it um, for a couple of years and I'm kind of glad that I was persuaded against it because the program that I took was very very intensive in university and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had the time to like actually build up to like getting a good clientele and whatnot right, right. Um, so it ended up being pretty fortuitous in the end cool so it was sort of a, a long drawn-out process to get into it for you you had the you had the seed planted for, for lack of a better term a fair while before and then um, it got to a point where you just went, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to do this basically. now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a great way to get into most things. It's just sort of fuck it, dive headfirst into it. And and you've got a pretty decent following now, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty modest compared to a lot of girls, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily care about like my social media following. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of like really, really good, strong regulars and I'm, awesome making more than enough money to live comfortably and I'd rather that than internet fame any day anyway so yeah sure I can understand that so with this I guess there, there's going to be some people that don't know what a cam girl or a snapchat model or, or you know a fetish clip seller or anything like that is so what does it sort of entail if you could you know break, break it down into each each part I guess so first of all what does what does being a cam model entail Yeah, sure. So um, when I first started, I started out on Chatterbait, Mm -hmm. um, which is a token-based site where you essentially have goals that you can set yourself, so many tokens to do X activity. And it's sort of a collective group funding to get a show going. Um, And I did that basically entirely for the first year of doing it. Uh, There's also uh, My Free Cams MFC, which is another one of the big ones, which is also a token-based site. Um, And now I'm doing uh, Skype shows as a cam model, and I'm also on StreamMate, which is entirely private-based. 
So you right. poke your, you poke your head into my room and you say, "Hey, I want to do X thing," and I say, "Yeah, cool, take me exclusive." And then you do, and you're charged by the minute for the show. So that that that's kind of, for lack of a better term, an online strip club sort of situation, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit more akin to the old school peep shows. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but it is essentially an online peep show, um, except you get to you know talk to me, um, direct me. Right. Yeah, that so so that, that that's a wee bit different in, in yeah. that regard, where it's more it's a more personal situation rather than a big group of people. Yeah, which is really the draw of it. Um, you get a much more personalized experience. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Snapchat model. Um, so I have I run a premium Snapchat, mm-hmm. and it is a combination of. You get to see behind the scenes of my day-to-day life. Um, I do like cook with me shows, and you know they they get to see me playing with my dog, come shopping with me, whatever. Um, and then I also do um, come shows or like some sort of like sexy show a couple of times a week as well. Um, and that's just like a monthly subscription. Some girls do a lifetime. I prefer monthly. <laughs> yeah, that, that way you've got that ongoing thing. I think. Yeah, and it, I think it like people tend to appreciate my shows more and I feel more appreciated. So I end up putting on better shows. Makes sense. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And then fetish clip producer. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, So I produce um, just short porn videos, basically, Mm -hmm. um, of just like various fetishes. Um, I also do some quote unquote vanilla clips of just like you know your standard masturbation standard like blowjob whatever um but uh fetish stuff tends to be where i i get most of my clientele coming in from that, that sort of makes sense i think because i think a lot of people do have fetishes deep down that they don't or can't put out in public so they go into the online forum to try and get their their fix of that sort of thing is that yeah. what you find yeah um it's a lot of people who maybe have fetishes that are considered weird by society mm-hmm. and come to us because like <laughs> we don't care for the most part like yep. i'm at this point more bored by the standard you know strip and masturbate show than i am by like the weird fetish shows i love the weird ones because well, at least they keep me entertained okay so give us some examples then we need to get some examples yeah um so i I do um, neutral fetishes, and I also do, um, like, doming-type fetishes. Right. Um, So some neutral ones that um, I tend to get a lot of uh, people coming to me for are, like, sneezing shows, Mm -hmm. um, uh, farting shows, um, feet-based stuff, armpit stuff. I do Mm -hmm. a lot of armpit stuff. Um, I I was actually going to touch on a couple of those. Uh, yeah. Because I had a look on on your website, I didn't come into this completely not knowing anything. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I sort of looked at it and went, okay, that's definitely a niche sort of market, which I I think sort of means that you're cornering that market because I don't see a lot of girls doing that sort of thing. So it's kind of cool that these people have a spot to go to and they know that obviously they're not going to get judged because you're the one putting it out there, right? Yeah, it is me. Um. I, I entirely uh, produce, star in, edit, upload um, all of my own clips, although I have recently hired a personal assistant who's doing my uploading, which is <laughs> really nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's handy. That's not it, your, it's not your partner, is it? It is, yeah. <laughs> of course it is. I like, I like the fact that you use the term hired to do well, that. I made him take less hours at work, and I was like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm going to to pay you what you would have taken from those hours just fucking do this for me because it's driving me crazy <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> and um so you did you start this after you were with him or uh yeah he and i have been together for eight and a half years jeez that's a fair time yeah <laughs> it's a pretty long time so I, i'm guessing he fully supports you oh well, he must do if he's doing the editing and uploading and whatnot yeah, okay. no, he he fully supports me. He's in clips sometimes when I can actually wrangle him to be on camera. <laughs> um, he does sometimes do shows with me as well. He's pretty chill. So. 
that that's uh, that's always handy to have somebody who's open and, and willing to sort of back you in whatever it is you want to do. Yeah, it's of, nice. Regardless of what it is, it's that's really really cool. Um, which instantly makes my respect for him quite high, even though obviously obviously I've not met him. We we only started talking what a day or two ago ourselves, so that's um yeah that's that's really really cool. Um. Now, on, on that note, obviously, your partner knows. What about the rest of your family? Um, yeah, so some of my family knows, um, and some of my family doesn't know. I'm very right. selective about the family members that I, I spread the information to. Um, but the family members that do know about it are all pretty neutral, honestly. Right. I've always kind of been the wild child, so, like, it's... It's pretty expected <laughs> that I just do the weird shit in the family at this point. <laughs> but so your your family aren't overly conservative or anything like that. Then they're pretty they're pretty chill. Oh yeah, no. Um, the the family that I I'm still in communication with are are very very chill. Um, I mean I have a very eclectic family, so <laughs> it'd be kind of hypocritical if they weren't. Right. And, and that's kind of cool as well. I like that. It certainly makes a difference when yeah, you know it you've does. got people to, that you can sort of fall back onto if you need. Yeah. Um, and on that note, you said that your family's quite eclectic and and quite out there. And I know Canada in general sort of it's it's relatively sort of cruisy as well, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, when you compare it to other countries, so. Uh, I talk about this with, with most of the guests that I do have on. Um, the sexual education you had growing up with family, with school and stuff, what was that like? Um, really good, actually, um, which was strange because I grew up in a, a very small town. Mm -hmm. um, but we started receiving uh, sex education when we were in third grade. Jeez. Um, yeah, they started with like, uh, like puberty and like, here's how your body changes. And then like each year they'd like add bits and pieces to it, um, as it was age appropriate. Um, wow. and there was a local, I think she was a sex therapist, mm -hmm. um, or a sexologist or something like that. And she would come in and tour schools and do presentations of like, here's how to put a condom on and you know, here's what STIs look like, and here's how to, like, look out for these kinds of things, which was really, really awesome. Uh, and my family was also really open about it. Uh, I I think it was made easier by the fact that I'm the youngest of the youngest of, so, like, the entire family, so they had already, like, right. gotten used to doing it at this point. <laughs> like, I was yeah. just, like, it was already, like, I was just another cog in the machine at that point, so... <laughs> That <laughs> cog in the machine. That's that's fantastic, and and a heavy point on on this show is is certainly around uh, consent. We had a big heavy episode a couple of episodes ago about it uh, in New Zealand. Was that a part of your sexual education as well, or was that sort of by the wayside? No, it was super important. Um especially once we moved on to like the later junior high and high school years. Yeah. Uh, it became very important of, you know, it no absolutely means no. And if you're in a situation where you feel like that's not being respected, like get the fuck out of there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it was like, it was really heavily drilled into us, which I really appreciated again because we lived in a really small town. So now, a, a question I want to ask as well, as as part of this, because what my my pet peeve around how consent is taught and sexual education and all that sort of stuff is that we we teach girls how to sort of prevent it instead of teaching the boys not to do it. Was that part of part of your sex ed at all, or like were you taught how to prevent it yourself, or were the boys taught this is a bad thing to do, or what is what constitutes consent and what doesn't and that sort of thing? Um, I'm kind of a bad person to ask that. I went to an all-girl high school. Oh, right, okay. Um, so, 
um, by the time that that was like a serious conversation that should have been had, there was no boys in my class. So right, right. I'm not really sure. No, that, that, that's fair enough. Um, I didn't know you went to an all-girls school, so... Um, no, that, that that's all right, but um, certainly I, I imagine you were still taught on, you know, steps to take, as in, like, watch how much you drink and don't walk at home by yourself at night and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, well, my dad, uh, one of the things that he did as I was growing up was uh, bouncing and bartending. Right. Yep. So, like, and I, I'm his his only daughter, so it was drilled pretty heavily into me of like, you know, a pretty overactive fear response, which I, I definitely still have to this day. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that, 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 that's really cool that that got instilled. Um, so that, that, that's, that's really, really cool that your sex education was that good because I've heard some, some serious horror stories around sexual education as well, where um, like an episode that I had a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, he was taught basically how to please a woman as opposed to anything else around, you know, your regular STIs and your and Jesus. your um, consent and stuff like that. And I was just like, I was sitting there just staring at a wall going, what in the fuck is going on here? That's yeah, no, that's awful. not cool. No. And um, and it was the, if, if ever you knock back, just try and try again sort of situation. No. Yeah, exactly, right? No, That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's really really cool that, that you went through that. Cause how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, sorry. I'm twenty five. Uh, twenty four. I'll be twenty five uh, in a month. <laughs> okay. So it, it. So this was about ten years ago, right? That you were going through your that sexual I... education and whatnot. Yeah. So I graduated in two thousand twelve. So. Yeah, it would have been, you know, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. So even then, like, that that's quite progressive for that sort of time, I think. Cause, yeah, it was. I was going through that because uh, I'm almost 30 now. Um, there was nothing like that when I was going through high school. And, I mean, Australia, I went to high school in Australia. Um, it's not really the most... PC country, I guess, the most advanced when it comes to that sort of thing. But where I am now, New Zealand definitely is. But I didn't get that sort of education in Australia, that's for sure, 15 years ago. So the the evolution in that short time is, is really good to hear as well, even if it is in a different part of the world. Yeah. Um, I hear also Australia's sex education has, like, vastly improved in the last, like, five years, which is good. It's just good. I, I, I would hope so, because mine, mine was pretty bad to be honest <laughs> was not great um but we'll 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 flick back to to the coming side of things it was just a little tangent that we went off onto there um so obviously as a cam girl you're putting yourself out in the in the public eye and everything like that right yep. um so everybody everybody who wants to can see um, all that sort of thing there's bound to be some difficulties that you come across in doing that um, whether it be on your social media or during the actual shows themselves, there's I, I feel as though there's always that one guy or few people that want to bring you down or, or whatever. So what are the what are some of the difficulties that you face in in being a camp girl? Um, I mean, it's a broad question. There's a lot. Um, yep. If you mean like interpersonal problems, um, I mean like there are always trolls. That's mm. just an unavoidable part of being on the internet. Um, I'm pretty thick-skinned, yeah. so uh, if I'm feeling like particularly energetic, I'll like pick back at them yeah. <laughs> um, and like make fun of them. But otherwise, I don't like block them. They're like for the most part, it's just sad people who are trying to get a rise out of me and like people I, who are bored, right? Yeah, and like I'm sorry if you're not paying me, you're not getting a rise out of me. So like, yeah. <laughs> um, I I've had some some like interpersonal relationships of, of like people I've met through online sex work turn sour, which sucks. Um, it's I wish it wasn't, but it can be like really cutthroat. Right. Um. 
I mean, you get some places that are like not at all cutthroat and like some groups, like the the people I know now and I interact with a lot on like the cam girl forums and stuff mm-hmm. um, are lovely for the most part. Like I don't have any problems with them. Um, but unfortunately there is a lot of infighting. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is... that doesn't surprise me either because even if you think of, of salespeople in an office, there's always tends to be a bit of infighting in there as to who's going to land the best clients and, and that sort of thing. Is it the same sort of situation? Yeah, it, it can be similar. It I find it tends to run a lot more along the like, you know, like petty uh, like social media squabbles. Right, right. Because like so much of our lives are on social media. Yeah. It can get kind of cutthroat that way and like kind of vicious. But I I have a lot of people blocked and a lot of people muted. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I like to keep my life pretty low stress. Um, yeah, pretty drama free. Pe- yeah, some people make like their camming and like their internet presence like that's like them that's like an integral part of like them as a person which is like totally cool if that's how you want to like run this like Mm -hmm. i see no fault in that hustle but like i want to get on and i want to make my money and then i want to go eat cheeseburgers like i don't care (laughs) (laughs) so it it, for for you it's kind of just a job that you do yeah obviously enjoyable but, it's yeah. enjoyable. I love my job, and I love the people that I get to meet doing my job. But it's mm. not my life. It is just my job. Cool. No, that, that that's absolutely fine. So, um, a, a question, I guess, in in concordance with that is: Have you ever been recognised, like out of a can situation, or not? Um, only ever once. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, he was pretty chill. Um, Good. I I was at a train station, one of the main train stations in the city that I live in, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty recognizable. I've got tattoos and piercings and like bright blue hair. <laughs> um, and he just like walked up to me and he was like, "Hey, are you the Eleanor G?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, that's me." He's like, "I <laughs> love your shows." And I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> and that was that was it. He was like, "Have a good day," and I was like, "Cool, you too." <laughs> That's um, that's kind of really awesome to hear because you, I, I guess you hear like horror stories of people being found in public and you know the the people that the, or the the general public I guess for lack of a better term, um, react in quite a loud way or exclaim or, or to to a worse point get a little bit stalkerish and yeah. and stuff like that. So you do hear those horror stories. So hearing that one is. It's kind of nice, I guess, and and it was lucky for you as well. Yeah, and he did it in a really respectful way, which was really nice. Like, nobody was with me, but, like, I wasn't, like, alone. It was a public space, so I didn't feel threatened, and he couldn't have possibly outed me to somebody, and he was very quiet about it, which was really, really lovely. I I think that's the key thing is that he was quiet about it. He didn't just yell out from across the platform, Hey, you that chick who fucking farts on... The internet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So any anybody listening, if you if you see somebody, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Don't just yell across or anything. Go up and be nice and respectful and, and quiet. Yeah. Because um, people do the the these girls and and even guys who do this as well. There are both genders, of course, and well, all genders that do this. Um, and a lot of them aren't out about it. They do have their own personal lives and their own lives outside of cam work as well. So it's... And so, some people even have um, quite important jobs who do cam work as well, which if you if you out them in that sort of situation, in that scenario, it could affect their, their livelihood as well, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, if you see somebody that you see on a cam show or or on Pornhub or, or whatever platform you you watch your, your naked people on. Um, be nice about it. Be respectful. Yeah. N- none of this loudmouth stuff. No. And if you, like, question whether or not it's an appropriate thing to do in the moment, don't. don't. And just send them a DM and say, hey, I saw you in public. I just wanted to say I respect your shit. Yeah. And um, I, I had a big thing about how to 
approach women in a non-creepy way <laughs> a little while ago because like a, a guy walking up to you even in a public place sometimes can seem quite menacing like I'm I'm a I'm a large guy okay I'm almost six foot I'm 120 kilos which is what 250 pounds if you're in America um I've now got a bald head and a big beard so I can come across as quite intimidating if I'm you know walking up to you but that can change instantly in what you say and how you say it as well yeah and I think that that's a hugely important thing like if I I, I'm a very forward kind of person like if I see somebody on the street and I like the way that they look or something like that or you know I, I genuinely do act on it but the way that I do it is I give an out right yeah. So I'll generally go, hey, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, sorry to, you know, whatever, interrupt you, stop you. Um, and look, you may have a boyfriend, but I think that your hair is really cute or something like that. And then ask for their number from that point. Mm. And I think um, I think this is something that guys may want to learn as well because it gives that girl that automatic out if they need it as well, if they're feeling uncomfortable, right? So they can yeah. just go, hey, I do have a boyfriend, sorry. Yeah, um, and it's always good to, when they do say no, just say, okay, have a nice day. Exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I've seen it online, especially it's guys who sit there and go, hey, sexy, what's up, or whatever shitty line that they have or or, or whatever, and the girls go, uh, no thanks, or something like that. And then the next line is just absolute abuse. And yeah. calling them a fat slut or something like that, and then and you sit there and go, but you've just hit on them, man. Like what? Yeah. What's your deal? Um, and that's honestly quite disgusting, um, if you ask me. I'll I'll never understand guys that'll sit there and then abuse people after they've been turned down when you know they made the move in the first place. Anyway, it's yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't get it. I don't either. <laughs> Um, so, so we'll move on. <laughs> um, cool. So, does being a cam model or slash fetish porn model slash Snapchat, whatever, I'm, I'm just going to encapsulate it all into cam model. Is that okay? Yeah, no, that's totally cool. It makes it a lot easier. Um, <laughs> does it affect your personal sex life at all in any way? Um, or did it when you started? Not really. Um, okay. I mean, like, apart from the fact that, like, sometimes he would, like, hear my shows and then, like, be horny afterwards. So, like, <laughs> we'd then have sex. Um, but I don't know. The things, like, my personal, like, preferences for sex and my personal kinks very rarely come up when I'm working. Right. Um, it's just not what people usually come to me for. Um, so usually at the end of the work week, after I've like satisfied everybody else's sexual needs, I'm like, okay, like I need my needs met now. So like <laughs> TikTok, like let's get on this. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, that, that that's kind of cool that it's sort of he hears it and gets excited about it, which is I think that's kind of hard as well. <laughs> um, I'm big on seeing my partners with other partners and whatnot as well. So that hearing thing is sort of a bit, bit of a thing for me as well. Yeah. Um, and, and gets me a little bit excited. So you noted on there that you do have some personal kinks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on those. Uh, sure. What are they? Uh, oh, okay. Like, let's, let's what just have you got? Unf Give me a list. unfurl this fucking long list of things. <laughs> um, got, got, the, got the scroll going out the front door. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> rolls down the street. Um, some of my main ones, um, we practice a pretty heavy, um, like, dom-sub dynamic. Um, in, like, we do DLG and we do pet play and we do primal play. Mm -hmm. um, and you're on and... the submissive side, are you? Or... Yes, that's yeah. me. Just um, not during the cam shows? No, no, I tend to do more dom shows than anything else. That's interesting. On cam. Um, and I do like doming. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, if if I have to, like, a default to something, doming isn't what I'm defaulting to. No, fair enough. Um, we like, um, like, needle play and... Yes. 
um, like uh, like impregnation fetish and like that kind of stuff. Okay, um, I don't know about that. Tell me about that. Oh, it's just so like it can come from like a couple of different angles. Um, so like for me, it's really about like the objectification of it. Um, so like being used as like breeding stock okay or like it can also like combine with um like dubcon Mm -hmm. um and like you know like you're in a scene and you don't want to get pregnant but they're like too bad too bad Uh, you're getting um, it anyway yeah um so that's the kind of thing that we come at it from but like i've also seen people come at it from like just like they they like the way that pregnancy looks and feels so like yep. they they practice or like fake practice risky sex to like have the like ooh maybe it's gonna happen maybe it isn't yeah no that's fair enough I can I can see where the appeal is in that yeah that's for sure uh, back to the list yes. sorry sorry to <laughs> no that's okay um what else do we do um I feel like a lot of sensory play stuff um. And like Devcon, obviously, or consensual non-consent. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Those are the ones off the top of my head, probably that I can think of. Those are like the main ones that I really enjoy. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I, I have a couple of similarities with you. Yeah. Um, I'm I love my needles, um, but that's because I'm also big into blood play. Yeah. Cool. So that that's why the needles come in. It's more the taking out of the needles that arouses me than putting them in. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when the blood comes out and all the oozy, squishy stuff, and it's yummy. <laughs> yeah. And horrendously intimate. It is. Um, to, to quite a scary level sometimes. So that's the main one for me. I'm big into my um, CNC, my consensual non-consent. Um, and, and I talked about that on... Nordia's podcast as well. Hello? Sorry. Yep, cool. <laughs> what happened there? Oh, uh, my I bumped my mic. <laughs> oh, okay. Editing. Cool, we'll take that out in editing. Um yeah, so we were both on Nordia's podcast about deviance as well, Nordia Black, for those of you that don't know. There is a podcast coming out there, the links will be wherever. Um but and we talked about. Uh, I know I talked about this with her. Is it something you talked about with her as well? Um, no, I was on talking about relationship anarchy. Ah, uh, okay. Now this is something that I was going to ask about actually, because I was going to ask if you're poly or mono or, or what sort of genre I guess you you slipped into. Yeah, relationship anarchy is the the like umbrella that we nestle ourselves under. Okay, now a lot of people aren't going to know what this is, and I, I have talked about it, I think it was back in episode 3 or 4 or something like that, so it's about 10 episodes ago. Um, yeah. But for those who are, are late onto the bus, late onto the ace Love bus, um, tell, <laughs> tell us what Relationship Anarchy is. Um, so it's something a little bit different for, him, for everybody, but sort of the general definition is... Um, it's under the umbrella of non-hierarchical polyamory. Um, so it's polyamory that um, doesn't believe in structured hierarchy, but it takes it a bit further. Uh, it tends to eliminate a lot of the rules that tend to come along with polyamory, gives a lot more freedom, and it also stretches into other interpersonal relationships. Uh, so the example I always use is Uh, If I'm out with somebody who I've been dating for two years and my friend calls me and has an emergency, they need my time more, so I'm with them. I'm, like, going to my friend who needs me, who's having the emergency. Um, It's, like, the division of time based on need, not how long you've been with them or their perceived, uh, like, position in the hierarchy. Yeah, or it doesn't have to be equal amongst everyone or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. See, the the way that I always thought of, of relationship anarchy was... And I, I guess I'm sort of completely wrong, is that everybody can date anybody. I guess yeah. there's no sort of, you know, it's not a triad, it's not a quad, it's not anything like that. It's just almost like, for lack of a better term, a family tree where some people are sort of still interrelated, but they might be, you know, third cousins twice removed or something like that. Yeah, they're usually called webs. 
That's a good um, thought of it, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's part of relationship anarchy for a lot of people. Um, I don't put any restrictions on people that I'm seeing about who they can see, because that's ridiculous. They're adults. Mm-hmm. They can make their own decisions. Yep. As, as long as it's sort of... Yeah, my only concern with it is, is obviously the safety around sex and that sort of thing. Yeah, I the the only rules that I ever have with people who I'm seeing is if they're going to somebody else's house who they've never been to before or like mm-hmm. out with somebody to check in with me um, and to always practice safe sex. Yeah. Um, and those are the only two rules that I have because honestly, that is common sense. And I usually date people who have pretty decent common sense. <laughs> I, I, I actually really dislike the term common sense. And I yeah. think you're going to know why. Yeah, because it's not common. Exactly. It's just sense. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just sense. And we should just call it sense from now on. This yeah. person has sense. Or yeah, either, either that or we call it uncommon sense or rare sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear one time just somebody come out and go, you know, it's all about having rare sense. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a bit more accurate, honestly. Probably <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, would, it would genuinely just make my day one time if somebody said that. Um, cool. So let's rewind back a little bit, uh, back to the, the needles and consensual non-consent and that sort of stuff that you're into. Yeah. Um, how did you get into that? How did your journey into, into kink and that side of thing go? Um, well, I first discovered kinky sex while reading fan fiction. <laughs> what fanfic was it? I don't remember, but it had knife play in it. Right. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that. <laughs> I need that in my life. Um, and I was underage at the time, so I just started researching it. Um, Because I'm a firm believer that you should probably be over the age of 18 before you start delving into kink stuff. I agree. Ethical consent, um, informed consent, you know, those those fun things. Um, (laughs) Even though the legal age here is 16, I'm still in 18. Yeah, I mean, like, there's so much brain development that that happens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even like our prefrontal cortexes really don't stop developing until we're like 25 to 27. Yeah. So like imagine how underdeveloped it is in like a 17-year-old, which is yeah. like not saying anything bad to 17-year-olds obviously, but like they can't make informed consent at that age no. in my opinion. In in saying that as well though, I've met 24-year-olds that act like 16-year-olds. <laughs> that that as is true. Well, and <laughs> And by the same token there, I'm not going to do anything with them. It terrifies me far too much um, yeah, to, no. to make that risk. If somebody's behaving like they're a child, then they're going to continue to do that and they can go down the wrong path. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So, yeah, fan fiction, knife play, and that was sort of the, the starting point for you and it just snowballed from there? or Yeah, I started, like, researching it. Um, like, just knife play more. or kink in general? Kink in general. Um right. It started off with, like, knife play and edge play, um, like that sort of thing. And then it moved into bondage. Um, And then when I was 17, I met my current partner, um, and he and I talked about it. And then we ended up waiting until I was 18 to try anything. But he had already, like been pretty heavy into the kink scene by the Mm -hmm. time that we had started dating he was a couple years older than me so cool and cool so that that, that's kind of cool you started young and you and you've continued on with it which i think a lot of people disregard i think uh people who aren't in the kink scene sit will sit there and go and say oh it's just a phase that you'll grow out of and you know all of that boring snoring sort of whatnot yeah Um, but yeah, you've continued on and sort of, and I don't think that you, by the sounds of it, you're going to stop anytime soon either. No, the the older I get and the longer I do sex work, the more kinks I collect. Yeah. Um, it's honestly like getting kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I just like do a show that's really hot, and then I'm like, oh no, that's a new kink. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, what what are some of your favorite shots that you've done? Or favorite shoots or favorite clips or 
Um, I really like doing spit play stuff. Okay, elaborate. Uh, uh like I, it tends to go hand in hand and with like blowjobs and stuff, just like right. covering yourself in spit or like having somebody spit in your mouth or spitting in somebody else's mouth, just like general play with saliva. Um, which as, I as part of degradation or? Yeah, usually. Yeah. Um, also just like, just like the feeling of it is mm -hmm. nice. Um, but yeah, like the degradation part as well. Um, I really like doing those shows. Uh, and I really like doing, um, SBH shows, small penis humiliation. Oh, cool. Um, because I like getting paid to be mean to people. <laughs> <laughs> Again, every retail worker's dream. It really is. <laughs> awesome. So th those are your two main sort of favorites? Yeah, they're the ones I like doing the most. Um... I like I like doing squirting shows because they're easy. Um, <laughs> there's, I, I, I know there's some girls out there right now going, oh, fucking bullshit, it's easy. I've never squirted in my life. And you're yeah. just like, yeah, no, it's easy. I mean, it's not easy for everybody, but for me, it's be <laughs> easy, so I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, those, those are the ones I really enjoy doing for humiliation, um, spit play stuff, like, I like doing smoking shows too because mm -hmm. they're fun and I get to smoke <laughs> while I'm on the clock. <laughs> not 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 a bad place to to, to be really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it right back now. I'm gonna yeah. rewind a whole heap here um, in, in your life. Okay. Um, so what I want to know is sort of when did your sexual journey begin? Um, so when I, when I say that, I'm talking about masturbation. When did that start? Oh, um, When did you really? sort of sit there and go, hmm, this feels nice? Yeah, it was really young. Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, young enough that I don't really remember the specifics of it. Okay. Um, but I just remember really enjoying it and then just kind of continuing to do it. And was it just touching yourself or...? Yeah. And what what age are we talking, really young? Are we talking seven, eight, Um, 11? Like, yeah, I was probably around, like, nine, mm -hmm. it, I suppose. Um, yeah. I, I was a really early bloomer, so... Yeah, see... I, I, it's not actually that odd because um, one of the girls on the Guys We Fucked podcast started um, doing like um, armchair and sofa armrests yeah. when they were like seven. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's a normal thing. But dur during this podcast, I've talked to a lot of different people from a lot of different sort of areas and cultures and that sort of thing. And there's such a range on it, you know, some... There was one girl who didn't start until after she'd had sex. Oh, wow. Yeah. Some that were seven. There were some that sort of 12, 13, 15. So the, the point that I'm trying to make in saying that is that there's no too early and there's no too late to do it. Yeah, that's true. Every every person's sort of got their own individuality around when it sort of happens and, and what they do and that sort of thing. So if if there are people that are that young, don't be ashamed. If you haven't done it and you're 13, 14, 15, you haven't felt the need to do it, there's no shame in that either. It's no. just who you are. Yeah. And that's really cool as well. And um, so moving on from that point, it's the next question's the next obvious follow-on is, and I say this a wee bit differently because um, I can't remember who it was. It was a book that I read. Um, I cannot think of the name of it, but... I don't like using the words losing your virginity. Yeah, because you're not losing anything. No, nah, if anything, you're gaining a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so the phrase that I use is, when did you make your sexual debut? <laughs> okay, cool. Um, when I was 17, it was two days after my 17th birthday. <laughs> okay, so that that's... From, from when you started masturbating to that point, it's quite a, quite a decent amount of time. Yeah, it was a pretty long time. Um... I was never 
the girl who dated boys. <laughs> um, I was, um, I was not the cutest kid. <laughs> well, that's changed now, hasn't it? Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, puberty, puberty did me good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like, I didn't really date a whole lot. I was kind of the quiet, weird art kid. Um, I mean, the the guy I made my sexual debut with is actually my partner, who I'm still oh, with. Amazing. Um, who I imported from Australia. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah. If if you're comfortable, I'd like to talk a wee bit about that because that's a wee bit um a wee bit different as well, right? The sort of situation with you and your partner is that you met in Canada. Am I right? No, we met online. Ah, okay. And yeah. he mo- he was going to move to Canada for you, or did move to Canada for you? Yes. Yeah, so um, we met through a mutual friend um, on Skype. And okay. then we got in a blowout argument about X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> and then we continued talking to each other. Um, and then he was going to move to Canada anyway. Uh, he was 18 when we started talking. Um so 19 by the time that he moved and he wanted to get out of Australia and he was going to move to Canada anyway, but then he moved to my particular town to be with me. That's cute. It, it, yeah, it is. That's a little bit cute. <laughs> um, and then you just went, no, sod this, we're off to Australia. Yeah, several years later. Um, I think it was five years later, six years later, something like that. I uh, fell into a 10-foot tall snowbank and uh, was like, I can't do this anymore. Get me away from the snow. <laughs> so, so you went to the tropics of Australia. Yes, it's and nice obvi- where it's warm. Obviously, he moved with you, and and that was all yep. fine and everything. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> that's that's um that's really really cool. And we've been talking for a fair while now. This this has gone quite. So, I, I, at this point, I want to give the the people listening just a wee bit of feedback. I had somebody else lined up for today for this for this episode and um unfortunately they had to pull out they had some stuff going on which sucks but it happens and i messaged you what yesterday yeah yeah yesterday on twitter and went hey and the only reason i knew about you was um because of naughtier's podcast and sort of went okay if if naughtier thought she was interesting then she's going to be interesting um (laughs) Flip you through a message, you're like, yes, yeah, sweet, let's do it, no problems, and then here we are now, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm pleasantly pleased with how this is how this has gone, considering it was mainly all on the fly. So, I want to thank you very much oh, for for coming on. Um, that's sort of all the all the questions and everything that I had. Um, do you have anything that you want to talk about? Um, not off the cuff. No, no, I think that's. Um, uh, pay your local sex worker. <laughs> cool. Very, very cool. I like that. Um, cool. So I'm, I'm going to give you a wee bit of time here to, I guess, plug yourself. Um, <laughs> not in that way, people. I know what you're thinking, you dirty-minded little fuckers. Um, but where can we find you? You know, all of that sort of fun stuff. Go yeah, for gold. You're... You've got all the time you want. Groovy. Um, I'm on Twitter at the Eleanor G with three E's because some asshole took my handle and I'm still really bitter <laughs> two years later. Have you have you hunted them down? No, it's whoever it was deleted their account and now it's free, but like everybody knows my Twitter handle now, so I can't oh, change no. it. I'm, I'm really bitter. <laughs> um, and I'm on uh, Tumblr, Instagram, and Snapchat, and Reddit at the Eleanor G with two E's instead of three because nobody took those handles. <laughs> um, and those are my social medias. And then you can find me on, did I say Snapchat? You can find me on Snapchat at the Eleanor G as well. Um, and you can find me on Pornhub at the Eleanor G. <laughs> and you can find me on Streammate at the Eleanor G. Uh, so yeah. that's 
that's probably the only one that I haven't had on this podcast before. So that's really cool. And that and that's part of the reason I wanted you on as well because I haven't. I've talked to sex workers, um, but they've been you know physical interpersonal sex workers where they're you know in their room doing their thing and that sort of thing. So it's kind of interesting yeah. to get a, an aspect from somebody who has to do it in a different sort of medium. Obviously, the online side of things where you can't always see the other person or know what they're actually doing and that side of things. So yeah, it's, yeah. So that was oh, that, that was really interesting to sort of learn about that side of thing as well. It's a lot of the same, but it's also a lot of different. But yeah, I I, I feel as though I I know sex workers like personal sex workers get a lot of safety and whatnot in their roles but I feel as though doing the can side of things is even even safer I guess yeah if you do it the right way Mm -hmm. um you can be very very safe about it I'm very vague about a lot of things which keeps me a lot safer than a lot of in-person sex workers could be but also if you don't do it the right way um it's very easy to get doxxed yeah for sure for sure um and so it it is a medium that's um become very popular i guess for lack of a better term and almost oversource i guess now so how do you sort of stay ahead of the game um i am always innovating (laughs) i'm on a bunch of different sites um i do phone sex i do uh sexting i do um clip work i do skypes i do the like live cam Mm -hmm. um and it it being that diversified i think is what really helps me in particular um because if you know streammates having a really dead day i can hop on night flirt and night flirt's gonna you know it's gonna pay my bills for the day yeah right um and Although there are a lot of people doing fetish clips, don't get me wrong, Clips for Sale is massive and has thousands of clips. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it is a much less saturated market than, say, your standard camming site would be. Yeah, no, which fair enough. puts a bit of an edge on. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. So what, what I'm going to do here, I'm just going to go through all the handles that you gave me again. Yeah. Um, so if you want to find Eleanor, that's on Twitter. It's Eleanor G with three E's at the end. Don't get too bitter. Um, <laughs> Tumblr, Instagram, Snapchat are all at Eleanor G with two E's. Yep, the Eleanor and G. The Eleanor G, sorry. And that's um, Eleanor with E-L-E-A-N-O-R, right? Yep, like the Turtles song. Yep. <laughs> or Eleanor Rigby. Yep. If you want to go with the Beatles. <laughs> what other animals can we fit in there? Did the monkeys do something with Eleanor? Uh, I don't think... <laughs> Um, but anyway, I digress. So, yep, yeah, Tumblr, Instagram, Snapchat, at the Eleanor G. Pornhub at the Eleanor G, or just Eleanor G there? Um, you can find me at either. So cool. you can look me up on model slash the Eleanor G or porn star slash Eleanor G. Cool. And Streammate, the same, at Eleanor yeah. G? Basically, if there's somewhere I could have signed up, I'm probably signed up there as the Eleanor G. <laughs> cool. And, <laughs> and you do have your website as well, right? Which is yep. theeleanorg.com. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Guys, do go out and 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 have and check her out. She is really, really cool and this has been an awesome chat. Thank you very much for coming on. It's been a great pleasure talking to you and and learning more about you and what you do. And thank you for having me. touch of your lips dear but much more for the touch of your whips dear you can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango say our love is a flame not an amber say it's me that you want to dismember blacken my eye set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango at your command before you here i stand my heart is in my hand yeah (laughs) it's here that i must be 
my heart entreats just hear those savage beats and go put on your cleats and come and trample me your heart is hard as stone or mahogany that's why i'm in such exquisite agony my soul is on fire it's a flame with desire which is why i perspire when we tango you caught my nose in your left castanet love i can feel the pain yet love every time i hear drums and i envy the rose that you held in your teeth love with the thorns underneath love sticking into your gums your eyes cast a spell that bewitches the last time i needed 20 stitches to sew up the gash you made with your lash as we dance to the masochism tango bash in my brain and make me scream with pain then kick me once again and say we'll never part I know too well I'm underneath your spell. So, darling, if you smell something burning, it's my heart. Don't you take your cigarette from its holder and burn your initials in my shoulder. Fracture my spine and swear that you're mine as we dance to the massacre. Tango. 